Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Both hailing from parts unknown at a combined weight of 501 pounds. They are the Morning Rush Hour World Tag Team Champions. They have no fear, no back down, just a couple of gutsy guys. No one will take those MRH World Tag Titles from these men. It's Taz, it's the Moose, illustrious champions, right here every day on CBS Sports Radio. You know it's every day, Moose and Taz be picking away. Talking about every sport, you know that they never missing a play. From the NBA to the NFL, the college games. They always bring in the knowledge, nobody ever can try to go stop it. Only be talking the truth, only be talking the truth, hey. It is Taz and Moose with you here on this Tuesday morning, coming to you live from the Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loan Studio. Rocket Mortgage with you every step of the way to provide a seamless mortgage experience. You've got Mike and Pete across the way, bogus with your updates as we take you over the next two hours, right up until uh, 9 a.m. Eastern time. Andrew also filling in for the vacationing Taz. We're going to talk a little Cowboys football. Coming your way, uh, coming your way later on the program at eight twenty a.m. Eastern time. We're going to talk to Jane Slater, uh, NFL Network. You see her there; she does a fantastic job. Covers the Dallas Cowboys, so uh, she'll be up bright and early for us as uh, uh, they are in Oxnard, California. So uh, look forward to that conversation. But right now, we kick off this hour. Let's hit the camp, shall we? The campgrounds. Time to go camping, boys and girls. Who better to go sit around the campfire and spitball some football, eat some pork beans, brisket, and throw back some cold ones than with Taz and the Moose? It's Taz and the Moose, just talking away. It's all you ever heard talking smack since the day they was born. It's Taz and the Moose, just talking away. It's all you ever heard talking smack since the day they was born. Oh, that's right. Let's run around the National Football League and hit all, well, not all, but uh, but some of the uh, the NFL training camps. Let's uh, start our journey out in Indianapolis. We touched upon it yesterday, Bogish, and that is the health of quarterback Andrew Luck, who we played some audio yesterday from head coach Frank Reich saying, you know, he's not going to do all that much and be shut down this week. Uh, but everything's on course. Don't nothing to worry, nothing to see here. And Andrew Luck uh, talked to Peter King, um, longtime NFL guy. I see him on TV, see him on radio. You hear him on radio. You can read him every single week. He does the great Monday morning columns. Uh, basically, told you that uh, uh, that he's hopeful that he'll be ready for Week One, right? I can't not be worried, Moose, until he's actually playing a game. It, it just we've. We've been down this road, like we said yesterday. We've just seen this too much with luck of how hurt is he? What's exactly wrong? When's he going to come back? What's the treatment? And this is not a new thing. The problem here is this dates back to, you know, weeks, if not months, right? I mean, it's so it's not like he got hurt last Tuesday. We're just kind of be overly cautious. This is a lingering thing that he that they've kind of had fits and starts with 
getting them back on the field, and now they're maybe just being cautious. But I, I, I just don't like it. I'm gonna, I'm gonna skew towards the negative here and be worried about this until he's actually on the field looking like Andrew Luck should look. Yeah, he said uh, he thinks he'll be ready for week one. That's the way that he phrased it to Peter King. Um, Which is not the best endorsement. No, it's it's not. It's not a case. It's not a bold declaration that, you know, I will be there week one. I'm ready to go. We're just taking it cautiously. We're, you know, when you say I think, well, you could think a lot of things. Doesn't necessarily mean that's going to be ready and set to go. And we know that his body has been ravaged by injury. We know that he's taken a lot of unnecessary hits. We know that you know, the past leadership um, or front office of the Indianapolis Colts did a very poor job of building that team around him and building up that offensive line. Um, and now the offensive line is good, and we know that he's dealt with the shoulder, and now he's dealing with the calf strain. And uh, you hope that he's there week one, but I think you have every right to be concerned if you're a Colt fan. You have every right to be concerned. Well, And all these, the, you know, these mini, like, guesses at a timetable, like, they're always, like, one degree worse than what we let on, right? When a guy says, well, it's Tuesday, I'd be able to play on Sunday, that usually means no big deal. We're just being cautious here. Then you get to to Luck saying, I think I'll be ready for week one. Not like I'll be ready for week one or I could play in two weeks. Like, he didn't declare he'd be there. No, week one's not a concern, which which would have meant like maybe week one's dicey. He goes, I think I'll be ready for week one, which to me means... I think I'm, I might not be ready for week one, right? I mean, that's that's the thing. Like you Guys are always overselling it. So the best he could do, knowing his body, knowing his issue, knowing how he, can, how he feels, that on August 5th slash August 6th or slash August 4th, whenever he actually spoke to Peter King, basically a month out from opening opening game, yeah, the best he be could ready. do is I think I could be ready. Right. Not, oh, I'm going to be there, Peter. Don't worry about it. Right. Not definitive that he will be right. there. Right. So, so like that that worries me, too. Like, he's leaving the door worried. open for him being wrong and not being ready for week one. So, yeah, I, I this is a little worse than they want us to believe. And with him, that's a little scary. And I don't think it's gamesmanship. I don't think it's the no. Indianapolis Colts playing possum here. With their star quarterback, I don't think that is no. We're to too do far out for that anyway, right? And and the the speculation of that, I think, is complete utter nonsense. I, I think it's a case, and 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 I don't, based on Andrew Luck's words, I don't think it's just caution either. I think they're hopeful. They think he'll be ready, but they don't know uh, that he'll be ready week one. All right, let's head out to Arizona. Here's Cliff Kingsbury. He's talking about his uh, rookie quarterback Kyler Murray and his ability to change plays at the line of scrimmage. Take a listen. He has a lot of control at the line of scrimmage to see what he sees and attack. You know, we want him to play aggressively and um, take advantage of matchups and, and leverage and different things he sees. With scripted plays? Even with scripted plays. Well, I mean, so that shows you the utmost confidence that they have in a rookie quarterback that's never played in the regular season, uh, that knows this offense that Kingsbury's running like the back of his hand. Uh, and and with that being said, stepping into this situation, being undersized the way that he is, Kingsbury has shown you the utmost confidence in him, and that even with scripted plays with a rookie quarterback, that you don't necessarily have to run that scripted play if you see a better play based on the defense that's being shown. Yeah, I mean, it sounds good, Moose, and I maybe I'm going to be wrong here. Maybe um, it makes complete sense, and this is the way it should be. But this, to me, sounds like a recipe for disaster. Kyler Murray can play. I think he's going to be a good NFL player. But this is a big jump from college football. And it's not a, this is not necessarily a Big 12 knock. But, I mean, 
nestled in here is the fact that he did not see the most exotic, detailed, uh, talented defenses in his one year of college football. But he's still making a big jump from college football to the NFL. He can. I'm glad he has the freedom, but there's going to be some ugly, ugly, ugly moments for Kyler up there because these are real defenses, real coaches, real talent, and their goal is going to be confusing him. And he's going to be confused often when this year begins. He might, this, you know, obviously, as it's not no secret, no surprise, the first month or so, as he's getting his feet wet, there could be some real shaky moments in Arizona for him. Yeah, I mean, they, I, I don't know. Sometimes it, it just clicks for guys. I'm not telling you that there won't be uh, points where they get confused. I think veteran quarterbacks get confused. Right. So, you know, I, I, I don't think... Uh, and he's got the talent to fix things, too. I mean, he can escape and make time right. and get so, himself open. I, I get I that. Mean, I, you know... When I think about rookie quarterbacks, I think about the game not slowing down, everything going a little bit too fast. But if if Murray happens to be one of the you know one percenters where the game has slowed down, where he steps in and feels very very comfortable, even going from college to the National Football League, and you know what? And then then God bless, and the Arizona Cardinals are going to be ahead of the game with their rookie quarterback because there's not going to be kind of that uh, learning period. And, and kind of uh, valley that you need to go through as a rookie before you kind of take that step forward to start him in the National Football League. Maybe that's the case with Kyler Murray. Kingsbury's talking him up. Yeah, I mean, well, and, and but, but here's the deal. They're not protecting him. That, that, would, that would lead me to believe that they love what they see from him because when you have scripted plays, because there are guys like Mike Holmgren, Bill Wall. I mean, there are guys that be dealing with veteran quarterbacks. You were running this scripted play. This is the way the first 12 plays were running today. This is what you're running. I mean, they, they, you know, but Cliff Kingsbury is basically telling you, even with a scripted play, if he wants to get out of it, he can get out of it. Yeah, whoever your quarterback is, you, you should trust him. I mean, he's the one that gets the line of scrimmages and is, and is seeing things from that angle. But we know that's not always the case. No, so like, so right, so the the times where teams lock guys in, that's a little overkill. Now we also have had conversations about Green Bay and Aaron Rodgers and and his new head coach Matt Lafleur, and in the past with Mike McCarthy, whether it's too much freedom or not enough freedom, like there it can go too far in the other direction as well. Like at times the coaches has to be right and the play's got to be their play call, not yours. Like there, there's got to be a give and take here. I, when I just when I hear that conversation and those comments from Cliff Kingsbury coupled with my fears for Kyler Murray initially making this jump to the NFL on a you know on a not talented roster which is why they had the number one pick to begin with plus a new coach and a new system I I just see you know I see pick sixes I see throwing it in while the receiver's running it out I see guys you know I see sacks and mistakes and three and outs I just think there's going to be some some fairly significant bumps in the road. Not that they should change their system and and trust him less, but I think when he's up there now and you're putting a lot on his plate, when he's seeing things that he's never seen before, I think mistake before I think huge touchdown, huge gain, huge play. Let's go down to Carolina next, shall we? Here's Ron Rivera talking about giving us a little update on his star quarterback, Cam Newton. He's right on schedule. He's done a lot of good things for us. Um, what we've done is we've pretty much mapped out what his days are going to be throughout the entire training camp. So he'll go where he'll go a couple days on. He'll have a day off. He'll go 
a couple days on, another day off, and, and it's all based on what we're going to do in terms of our installation. He's handled it very well. He's thrown the ball very well. Probably the biggest thing and probably the biggest delight I, I, I've had is that he's come out and he's thrown the ball downfield. He's throwing it deep. So there's a lot of positives and pluses that have been coming out for us. Well, that's a positive. I mean, the fact that he can get the ball down the football field because last year, um, you know, after he hurt that shoulder, uh, it looked like he had to put everything and anything into the football to be able to get it 20 yards down the field. Everything was on the line. He had some of the ugliest throws that you'll ever see from a starting quarterback in the National Football League. And we're not talking about the most accurate quarterback in the NFL. So uh, they're going to protect the asset. Uh, Newton coming off the shoulder. They said it wasn't an issue last year. It was. Now he has the surgery and he's on the road back. And I think that's a positive sign. So I feel better about Newton than I do Andrew Luck. Not telling you that Newton's going to be set ready to go uh, and firing on all cylinders, but the fact that that shoulder is close to where it was before injury and that he's able to throw the ball deep, that's a big-time positive for Carolina. And kudos to Cam for, you know, some guys have been stubborn and don't want to change things. Like, he's realized that he needed to change his delivery, so to speak, and he's made these adjustments, and he can throw it now, and... Uh, you should want Cam Newton to be on the field being Cam Newton, dressing goofy, making big plays, running, throwing, uh, and the, the ability to have you know an interesting, a dynamic offense with him and Christian McCaffrey in particular down in Carolina in what may be one of the most competitive divisions in football. If he's right and they're right, coupled with the Falcons and the Saints, I mean, the NFC South is, is three teams deep. Yeah, it is. It is. And Noon's health is going to be of prime importance down in Carolina. Back out to Cleveland we go. Here's Freddie Kitchens talking about one of his uh, talented but troubled running backs, Kareem Hunt. Sometimes if you start feeling good about yourself, okay, about what you are doing as a person, um, then maybe I can do a few other things, okay, whatever those things are, all right? But I think it just kind of brought him back to reality that you're in the NFL, man. You're Kareem Hunt. You've got to be careful in everything you do because these things right here are everywhere. Yeah, I, I hate the message from uh, from Freddie Kitchens there. I mean, yes, you have to, first and foremost. He was pointing at cameras when he said that at the end? Yeah, he was pointing at cameras. Number one is we are not, we're not looking in the scenario where you did not hope, open the door for somebody coming into an office building and someone took a vote and people were like, oh, what a, what a douche. Um, you know, this is a case of you were on video uh, assaulting a woman. Um, so, you know, in, in a hotel room out there in Ohio. So you know, that, that's one thing where you look at it. I, listen, Hunt's in a, in a situation now where he's playing for a general manager that drafted him when that GM was in Kansas City. He's getting another opportunity to play in the National Football League. He'll serve that eight-game suspension. And I'm not telling you that Kareem Hunt you know, shouldn't get a second chance. If he's remorseful, goes through rehab, rehabilitation, understanding where that anger comes from, where that anger toward women's come from, have the understanding of why you, you, know, you should never put your hands on a woman uh, for any reason unless your life is in danger. Um, you know, I, I, if he if he goes through all that, then I'm all for Kareem Hunt having a second chance of, uh, of playing the NFL and line up and play. And we told you at the time when he got let go by Kansas City, it wouldn't be that long before Kareem Hunt was back in the NFL. I just don't like the message from from uh, Kitchens there. That it's almost like you know, yes, you have a lot to lose. You got to be careful because there's cameras all over the place. Right? How about just 
be a good person. Well, right. Right. I mean, that, that seems to be the better message. I not like, around. don't do mess this that, up, kid. Well, that's it. I mean, Andrew, when you wake up, do you think about, uh, you know, what camera phones might be looking at you when you're when you're going through your day? No, you're a good person. Yeah. And like, you don't when, have to worry about people videoing you. You, you know, you're not going to be doing anything bad. Right. You're not going to do anything illegal. You're not going to be assaulting anybody. You're not going to be doing any of that kind of stuff. So you don't have to worry about anything. Yeah, I might be crazy, but I've always said that when people talk, complain about, you know, Big Brother and privacy and cameras on street corners, like, I'm not doing anything wrong. So feel free to, to videotape me. Right. You know, I'm not sneaking around in my girlfriend's house. I'm not robbing convenience stores. I'm not, you know, walking by and smashing car windows or popping tires or doing anything stupid. So feel free to videotape me. I'd prefer the videotape to be there, like, in case something bad happens to me or somebody else, and we can find out who did it based on those cameras. And certainly, I'm not teaching my kids that they should behave because they don't want to be caught on camera doing something bad. Right. They should behave because they should be good people. And yes, they should know the right yes, way to act. Yes, that's exactly right. Let's head down to Dallas. How about Jerry Jones? We heard from Stephen Jones a couple of days ago uh, talking about rookie running back Tony Pollard coming out of Memphis and talked him up. Well, Jerry Jones, as Zeke Elliott is still in Cabo, Holding out for the Dallas Cowboys. Here's Jerry Jones, the Cowboys owner, talking about his rookie tailback. Take a listen. Well, they had him in there to uh, uh, really let him get all these reps that he possibly can. Uh, uh, if he continues to, which he's got to, if he continues to get better and better and better, then uh, I think you're going to see a guy that plays early for the Cowboys, Pollard. Yeah, I don't think there's any <laughs> doubt about it. Uh, well, at least he gives us the last name late. I mean, it's real that emotional connection between Jerry Jones and his rookie running back, Tony Pollard. Um, now, a, an interesting way to, you know, I look at it, it might actually benefit the Cowboys, the fact that Elliott does hold out here. He'll come back, um, but Pollard getting the amount of reps that he's getting here might be, be beneficial to him and the Cowboys over the duration of his rookie campaign as compared to, say, if Ezekiel Elliott was there and the amount of burn that he would get with the first team. So maybe it does help Dallas in the long run, but I don't care what Stephen Jones, I don't care what Jerry Jones have to say, I don't care how impressive Tony Pollard is. Was he a fourth-round pick in the NFL draft? Yeah. You know, he's no he's no Ezekiel Elliott, who was the fourth overall selection coming out of Ohio State. Well, even if, he, if, even if Tony Pollard is Tony Dorsett, like, I'm just not going to – I've got no patience for it right now because it just sounds like them sugarcoating everyone that's actually carrying the football for them that's not Ezekiel Elliott. Like, it just all sounds like positioning and negotiating through the media. And Pollard, you're right. Pollard may end up being really good, and they need as much talent as possible. They need to pre- to, to protect Zeke when he gets back on the field. Alfred Morris is there, too. There's a couple, a couple of other young running backs, but Pollard seems to be the one really kind of separating himself, at least for right now. If he turns out to be useful, that's great for them. But... If Tony Pollard's the guy that's their number one running back because Ezekiel Elliott is off the field in a prolonged contract holdout here, that's not good news for the Cowboys. No, that is that is not good news. I agree with you. And I think the Cowboys, if they don't have Ezekiel Elliott for the majority of the season, they go from playoff team to non-playoff team. That's how important I think Elliott is. Um, if this carries on into the regular season and he misses a significant portion of the year, Bogus, I don't think the Cowboys can get to the playoffs without Elliott. What about, what says you? No, not with the talent around the them team in the is NFC. Because I, I think the NFC is a one playoff team division. I think just the winner gets in from the NFC East. 
So they're not winning that division without Zeke. Which So that, to me, then disqualifies them from the postseason. It is Taz of the Moose, so there you have it. The campgrounds. Gone camping, go camping, whatever camp, you want to Camp, call. camp, 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 Yeah, that's camp. exactly right. We were around the NFL training camps. Some of the intriguing storylines each and every day for you, getting you caught up. And uh, there we touched upon Dallas, Carolina, Cleveland. Uh, a lot to get into. Coming up straight ahead, uh, the Andre Drummond diet which is an intriguing diet. Mm. We'll explain the reason, the rationale. Actually seems like a diet that would actually be fun, that you could probably commit to. Now, you also have to be seven feet tall and try and maintain weight. So, But we'll give you all the reasons, the rationale, what the diet is all about. We'll do that next. Bogus is in the house. It's Taz and the Moose, CBS Sports Radio. It's Taz and the Moose on CBS Sports Radio. This is basketball legend Christian Leitner, and you're listening to Taz and the Moose on CBS Sports Radio. Uh, you certainly are here on a busy uh, Tuesday morning. Bogus is in the house for the vacationing Taz. Thursday at 10.30 Eastern, 7.30 Pacific, the Globe's mightiest men muscle up and put themselves to their physical limits while testing their mental toughness. It's the 2019 Tai Chi Palace World's Strongest Man on CBS Sports Network. All right. We'll come back. We'll talk a little bit about Andre Drummond. But Bogus is here as he is sitting in with me all morning long. But he's got updates as well. He's a happy Met fan as they're right back in it. The wild card race in the National League. They're over the 500 mark. A game over for the first time since May 2nd. So it's been a while since mm. they've been over the 500 market, but here we are, game over. Uh, and because With two of that, left against the dreadful Marlins. You yes, should win both of those I, as well. I would agree, which is why uh, the wild card is no longer our concern. This is now about the NL East, Moose. Oh, go ahead. Uh, yeah, that, uh, this just uh, in. Full on assault. Yeah, this just in from, from Mets headquarters. The NL East is now the target. So is Brody going to have another missive? Come get us. I meant it. No, that was, listen... He's, he has said his piece after the trade deadline, and now it's just about the guys on the field. Well, what's amazing now where you had Callaway, that is, going on local radio, WFA in New York, basically saying it was a he, the team needs a miracle, miracle. to get back yeah. into it. Yep. He had Van Wagenen address the media saying that, uh, you know, he got humbled a little bit uh, by what transpired and has to eat kind of, you know, you know, Eat the proverbial, you know, dirt pie. Yeah, good. Uh, and and then this team rips off, and they're seventeen and six in their last twenty three games since the All Star break. They've gone from eleven under uh, to one over. Um, that this team has has gotten themselves back into it. Listen, good for them. Uh, nobody expected it. The manager didn't. The general manager didn't. The team looked dead in the water. And and now they're alive and well to where a lot of people think that the you know if they should make it to the postseason with that uh, starting rotation they have an opportunity to go on a deep playoff run. Yeah, well said. Yeah, Pete's got him break I, I, again yesterday. Pete's got him, you know, pushing the Dodgers in the division series. Probably well, going to lose to the Dodgers because they are good, but going to make them sweat. That first round. DeGrom now a Cy Young candidate again? I know. Max Scherzer off the field for a while now here. Doors open. For Doors two in open. A row. Right. Who cares about Ryu's 1.35 ERA? He's not pitching right now either. That's I know. Why the he's got a open. stiff neck. Pete so Alonso, rookie one of the start. year. 
Yes, rookie of the year for Alonzo. Everything's coming up all Metsy. Yeah, well, welcome Imagine aboard. this Come is the in. year. Imagine if you go from dead in the water. And how about Callaway? Callaway easily could have been fired earlier part of the year. They decided not to hold on to him. Smartly. Everyone thought they were, it was a dead team walking mm-hmm. uh, and a dead manager walking. And now Mickey Callaway, should this team get it to October and they make it to the postseason? Mickey, how do you get rid of Mickey Callaway? You can't. How is he not manager of the year? How is Jeff McNeil not MVP? I mean, there's oh, all these honest questions to be asked now that they're one game over five. They're eleven and one in their last twelve. Uh, here's the rest of your report. Eleven and one in their last twelve. By games. Geico, they're the hottest team in Major League but Baseball, but against bad teams, I know I the know, Mets. I know. Well, they are bad baseball teams. That's just a fact. Yeah, twenty-four of the next twenty-seven. Uh, you, you dive into the deep end of the pool when the Yankees play. Get the team, goggles get back on. To me. And get the uh, swimming on. Here's your report Here sponsored by Geico. Great news. There's a quick way you could save money. Switch to Geico. Go to Geico.com. And in 15 minutes, you could save 15% or more why do, on why car insurance. Why do you have to throw the Yankee jab in? Well, because you were the, that's your go-to card is they're playing nobody. As if the Yankees playing the I, Orioles. I, I tell every, uh, every – I don't make any excuses for the Yankees. I'm not running around telling you that the Orioles are some great team. I'm not going to tell you that the Blue Jays are some great team and that the Yankees haven't fattened up on bad baseball teams. I'm not going to disagree with you there. But they've also been good teams. They have been good teams. They've okay. done that. Sure. Of course they have. So, you know, I'm giving you the Mets a lot of credit here. Give them a lot of burn, a lot of heat. They deserve it. All well-deserved. They've been fun to watch. I'm rooting for them. I hope they're good. I hope they're competitive. I want to watch meaningful Met baseball uh, down the stretch with all my work at, at SNY. I want to do all that. That's that's great. It's fantastic. But the Met fan always, like the like the redhead, they, they always got to throw a jab at the Yankees. This has nothing to do with the Yankees. I'm giving you the Mets credit. You play great Sounds baseball. Sounds like you're trying to couch that credit with, well, no, it's I'm against not. the White Sox. They, the they are bad baseball the teams. That is what it is. You'll find out more this weekend against the Nats. Go oh, beat I the know. Nats. Go take two or three from Washington. You got it. Then win this year. How about this? Beat the Braves. Okay. Go beat the Braves. So it appears, Tom. Is that wrong? No, of course not. And then don't, don't be so snippy about it. I have to be snippy. Why? Why wouldn't I be? Oh, stop. So it appears Tom Brady is signing a fake two-year extension with the Patriots. NFL Network says those two new years will never come into play. They void when the current league year ends in March, which means Brady technically could be a free agent this winter. In addition to raising Brady's salary to 23 mil for this season, the Pats also agree not to use the franchise or transition tag on him. In return, the team gets $5.5 million in cap space. Days after signing center Ryan Khalil, the Jets make another smaller O-line move, trading with the Ravens for guard Alex Lewis. He posted on social media about this time yesterday he was being released. Lewis needs to pass a physical before the swap is complete. Baltimore would get a conditional seventh-round pick. Veteran wideout Michael Crabtree and the Cardinals did not reach an agreement after yesterday's workout, and the Colts have claimed running back Deontay Foreman off waivers from the Texans. Presumably, the Dodgers will be the first team to every win plateau the rest of the season. Number 75 came last night. Runners at the corners, the pitch to Bellinger. High fly ball deep down the right field line. If it stays fair, it's gone. It is a home run. Three-run shot into the loge. 
Down the right field line, Bellinger's 37th of the year. A three-run shot. That's Charlie Steiner on Dodgers Radio. Rookie Tony Gonsolin tossed six shutout innings and an 8-0 decision over the Cardinals. They dropped two and a half games behind the Cubs in the Central because Chicago topped Oakland 6-5. The Brewers snapped the four-game skid 9-7 in Pittsburgh. They're four games behind the Cubs still. The Red Sox stopped their eight-game skid 7-5 over the Royals at Fenway. The Twins down the Braves 5-3 on Miguel Sano's game-ending pinch hit two-run blast. The Yankees 9-6 winners in Baltimore. And the Jays blanked the Rays to zip. Bo Bichetta solo homer. Kevin Biggio an RBI single. On the injury front, Met second baseman Robinson Cano could miss, could miss the rest of the season with a torn left hamstring. The Cubs putting catcher Wilson Contreras. Yeah, he'll be back. And closer Craig next year. And closer Craig Kimbrell on the IL. Contreras out four weeks with a hamstring injury. Kimbrell dealing with knee inflammation. And Vince Carter reportedly re-signing with the Hawks to play a record 22nd NBA season. As CBS Sports' Instagram page points out, Moose, uh, Vince Carter now has completely split his life in half. 21 years in the NBA, 21 years not in the NBA. He was wow. drafted at 21, so he's about to be an NBA player longer than he wasn't an NBA player, which right, is crazy. Right, 22 years yeah. in the NBA, which is remarkable when you think about that. Carter is going to play a 22nd season at 42 years of age. Then that's going to be his final year. But if teams keep signing you, I mean, there's got to be like a 25-year-old kid that's saying, you know, what gives? I mean, why can't I get a shot? You're, I don't know, 42-year-old man uh, to come back and play one more year in the, in the NBA. Speaking of the NBA, Andre Drummond. So the big man for the Detroit Pistons um, is on a little bit of a diet. Now, Drummond talked to the Detroit Free Press. Uh, he's cut red meat out of his diet. So no more red meat for him. But in order to maintain his weight and maintain his calories per day, uh, that he drinks one beer a day. And his choices are either Miller Life uh, or Miller Light, I should say, or Corona. Mm. Those are the two choices for Andre Drummond. That's the two beers of choice for him, for the uh, former UConn star, current Pistons big man. Uh, so that's his diet. That's a diet that could work. I mean, when you, you say diet, I say drinking problem. But would you say semantic. sacrifice red meat for for a beer a day? Would you give up a burger and steak in order to be able to enjoy a beer a day? You know, that's that, kind of like the debate. I don't know. It's a tough call. I like beer. I mean, I do. I don't. I don't drink every day, obviously. Um, but. I think I would have a. I think I'd probably side more with the red meat, even though it's even though it's not great for your. If you're eating red meat every single day, you can't do that. But I'd probably rather have the red meat in my diet than having a beer in my diet. Yes, cheeseburgers are better than beer. This is a fact. I don't think there's room for debate on this. Cheeseburgers are better than beer. Um, I just can't believe that that a person who is trained to get you in shape and keep you in shape that actually suggested this. Now, well, he said Drummond, if you do it the right way, it's not bad for you. Yeah, I mean, and, and I guess there's, I don't know if there's been studies on this, but the official, like, medical community view on this is, like, they understand the caloric balancing act you're doing here, but well, can really you take the calories not and, recommended. Well, can you find the calories in another way? Yeah, like, have a bowl of ice cream every day, right? Or, like, maybe have alternate, like, have a, 
piece of cake one day and some ice cream another day and then throw a beer in there on every Wednesday and Friday. I feel like just having a... Well, what's the caloric intake of a of a Corona? Besegula, can you look that up? What is the caloric intake of a Corona? I'd say, if I had to venture a guess, 180 calories? 148. 148. So a Corona is 148 calories. And a Miller Lite, right? It's 96 calories. Yeah, I mean, you have, have a granola bar, and you're good. Yeah, that's true. You're right. But he obviously enjoys having a beer, but he's having a beer every single day. So but apparently he, goes, he doesn't because he said he, he drink. This was the suggestion 6'11", of his— 6'11", 279 pounds right. for Andre Drummond. His trainer suggested this and suggested Miller Lite. So it wasn't even like, oh, you know, he's not some kind of beer snob where he's like, I need to have my, you know— th- Six-hour IPA quick hitter from whatever. Like he, he just like, oh yeah, I'll, I guess I'll drink a beer. What should I drink? Oh, Miller Light. Oh, okay, fine. Like, so he. This is just what he's like. It's like having vegetables. Like he just is throwing a beer. He drinks it. Well, and for him, it's. I mean, at six eleven two seventy nine, what does a beer do for you? Not not well, all that much. What is one hundred calories? Period. Like that's not a, like. That's a negotiable. Unless you love miss, the taste, right? Unless you love the taste of Miller Lite, like I thought, or a Corona with a nice twist of lime. Like we're in a big gap here of of calories. What do I do? We're talking about a hundred to one hundred and twenty five calories. To me, that's you know nothing but, in the grand scheme of things. But for him, maybe it's a case of you can have the beer, but you give up the red meat. No. No, but I I'm need the, for, I need the red meat. Well, that, no, no, I'm not saying you. I'm saying for Andre Drummond. You can't have both. You need to give up the red meat, but if you give up the red meat, you can have a you can have a beer every day. Right. That's kind of the carrot. That's the that's the thing that keeps you motivated. That you, you get to have a if you love the taste of beer, you get to have a beer every day. It doesn't that seem like the motivation here for Andre Drummond? You give up and you sacrifice other things to help out your body. You're giving up red meat, but if you give up that red meat, that's fine. You're going to be able. You're going to be afforded the opportunity to have yourself a, a Miller Lite every day. Yeah. See, I, I guess I, I read it just like they were like, "Oh man, you've got this hole in your calorie intake. What should we do? Let's drink a beer." Not like, "Dude, you're drinking too much beer." But I want to keep drinking beer. Well, okay, then stop having red meat. They took the oh, red no, no, meat no. out. I'm, I'm, I'm not telling you that's the way it's going down. I'm trying to play, kind of get into the mindset of the trainer and Andre Drummond. Yeah. I, I'm not telling you that's the way the story reads. I'm just telling you that's. You know, that it is, I don't think any trainer is going to tell you that sit down there and, you know, have a beer every day, uh, you know, that, that you can't find another way to take those calories in. I mean, you've got to find a way to be able to take those calories in. No, there's another way to do it where you're not drinking a beer if you're a professional athlete. But Mike, I would venture a guess that Andre Drummond likes beer, and this is the way to get that into his diet. I, if he likes beer, why is he drinking a Miller Lite every day? If you like, a, if you like beer, you got to have a more adult choice than a Miller Lite. I like it. Who doesn't enjoy a little uh, high life? No, you don't like it. I like the I like the high life. That's not what he's drinking, and I wouldn't drink the Miller High Life every single day. Well, if maybe that's his beer choice. There are a lot of people that like certain beers. Course Light, Bud, Bud Light, Bud Light Lime. Yeah, that's going to get gout. Come on. Well, you could it's get gout, get right? Out, I right, mean, but right. I thought when I read this. Basegula knows about the gout all too well. A gout attack ready to happen. Well, he knows about it, but doesn't really know about it because he misdiagnosed himself. Yeah, cellulitis. Yeah, cellulitis. Nasty. Was it cellulitis or cellulosis? I don't remember, but it was nasty. I think it was cellulosis. I don't remember. Shouldn't you remember? I have no idea. Cellulitis, cellulosis, same difference. No, probably not. Maybe not. not. Some doctors listen and be like, no, they're two completely different things. 
But good. Andre Drummond's got a nice diet. I hope going they for treated him the right one. Out there in Detroit. Maintain that weight. Drinking that 98 calorie beer every single day. 855 212 4 CBS. 212 And a pro athlete. Yeah. Well, you got to be a pro athlete. I would not want to be 6'11 and not be a pro athlete. I mean, he's probably having th- like 3,000 calories a day. So, I, 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 again, I'm just confused by how a 100-calorie beer makes him whole. Well, oh, well, who knows? But think about this. Um, now spend too much time thinking you go about out, this, Moose. You go out and you're, you're that tall and you're not a professional athlete. And you go out to a bar and people are be like, hey, who do you play for? I play yeah. for nobody. Yeah. <laughs> I'm terrible at basketball. Right. I... I Right. Oh, you're six eight, six nine. Oh, do you play? You know, you're built. Oh, you play football? No, nope. I do nothing. Dungeons I'm, and Dragons. Right. I work down the street at the bank. <laughs> really? <laughs> like that's where I I don't want to be. I would, I I agree with you. I who wouldn't want to be six eleven, six ten, and be like an NBA superstar? That'd be great. Or just be an NBA player. I'll be the twelfth guy on the bench, making the bare minimum in the NBA. But you don't want to be the tall guy with no talent that can't catch the ball, can't pivot. Can't score, can't do anything. That basically, you know, you're getting an opportunity. You're going to get free college, but after your college career comes to an end, they're not even a team over in Europe that's looking to pick you up. <laughs> Come back. We'll talk a little bit about Jim Harbaugh's comments on players' decision to skip bowl games. We'll get into that next. It's Taz. It's Moose. Bogus in the house. CBS Sports Radio. It's Taz and the Moose on CBS Sports Radio. It's Taz and the Moose on CBS Sports Radio. 855-212-4CBS, 855-212-4227. Your number to call. CBS Sports Radio's toll-free line is brought to you by Geico. Great news. Quick way you can save money. Switch to Geico. Go to geico.com, and in 15 minutes, you can save 15% or more on your car insurance. Michigan head coach Jim Harbaugh. Um, is against uh, players uh, skipping bowl games. Um, and, uh, you know, whether it be uh, personal choice or getting themselves ready for the NFL draft, which is becoming more and more commonplace when teams are not competing for a national championship and are not part of that national semifinal and you're going to be a first-round draft choice, why potentially would you put your body on the line for what they deem to be a meaningless football game um, regardless of the title of that game, uh, because they feel like if the championships, there's no part of that, then you know what? They've got to get themselves ready for the NFL draft. And really, honestly, I I don't blame the players. Uh, I don't. In in today's day and age of college athletics, uh, we can talk about pay for play and all that. And, you know, uh, the NCAA, uh, the conglomerate, and uh, players should be getting some p- uh, money. That they're the asset. That they're the uh, thing that people are showing up to watch on Saturdays. I don't, I don't disagree with any of that. Um, but Andrew, I also, uh, if you're one of these coaches, you cannot come out and talk about the importance of playing in these bowl games uh, if you're not playing for a title. Once again, coaches need to sit out this conversation altogether. I'm just between transferring. And sitting out these bowl games where the coaches have free movement and no punishment and they can do whatever they want and go wherever they want to go and better themselves at the first chance they get, they just they don't have any footing to talk about players making similar choices. And then we get you know, Christian McCaffrey skipped what, the Sun Bowl? 
when he was at Stanford? Is that, am I remembering I that correctly? I think you're right, yes. Okay. I think it was the Sun Bowl. Have you, did that in any way, has that in any way now, years removed, no. changed anything about Christian McCaffrey's Stanford career? No. Not even a little bit. No. Not even a little bit. No. And in fact, these end up being so unimportant, I can't even think of guys other than Christian McCaffrey that have done it because it's just not a big deal. It's Don't not, disagree. It's not a wrong decision to play in the game. If you, and even you know Jalen Smith from Notre Dame, who thankfully is back to it's you know seems to be you know healthy and an impactful player now with the Dallas Cowboys. Thank God that's right, he okay. He played in that Fiesta Bowl, right. and, and and tore up his knee and almost ended his career. Correct. And not just tore up his knee, almost ended his career. Right, nerve damage, catastrophic all. leg injury that he's lucky to you know to still be out there. So what he, he wasn't wrong in playing in that game, and you wouldn't be wrong in skipping it. You should make the decision that you think best benefits you. And coaches need to just shut up on all these topics while they have the ability to do whatever they want when it comes to making sure they're in the best possible space. Yeah, and Harbaugh was a guest on the uh, Part of My Take podcast saying, um, I think it hurts their legacy, just what they're about. A competitor is going to compete. They're going to go out there and compete. Everything. Ta- everyone talks about it. They're a competitor. I'm a competitor. I'm going to compete at anything. I'll compete at golf. I'll compete at tiddlywinks. I'll put it this way. Ted Williams, you got to love Teddy ball games. So Ted Williams going into his last game of the season, hitting 399.6. Everybody tells him, don't play tomorrow. You're already at 400. You've got it. You don't have to do it. People would have agreed with that. But no, he went out there and played. It was a doubleheader. He went six for eight and ended up hitting 406 on the season. I mean, listen, it, it, to bring up a, a guy of the likes of Ted Williams and comparing him to collegiate athletics um, and also to bring in a paid professional baseball player and when you're comparing him to college athletes as being your main comparison, why not talk about the guy that, you know, his NFL dreams come to an end or are greatly affected? I mean, you you mentioned Smith. I mean, that financially uh, hurt his earning power. I mean, he was scheduled to be at the very least a top six, top seven NFL draft choice, he ended up dropping to the second round. I mean, so I don't want to hear about the very fact of, well, you know, if you're a competitor, you're going to compete. No, you've also got to be smart about, you know, the lifeline of your body and how physical the sport and, the, and professional football is, even college football is, and why, why, why put yourself in harm's way when you don't need to. Uh, again, you're preaching to the choir here, and no, I, I, I know just that. and I'm, it's not a it's not a matter of a statement to you, Andrew. It's just a case of I I look at Harbaugh, and it's almost like I mean Jim. I mean someone's got to pull him aside and you know and, and say there there are right ways to comment and and being player friendly and wrong ways. I mean you know you, you can't fault a player. Why would I? Here's the other thing that would bother me if I'm a Michigan fan. Why on God's green earth would I then want to go play for a guy like Jim Harbaugh? who's not going to support my decisions as a player. Right. Exactly. Why would I go do that? Why would I not go then go play for Dabo Sweeney? If I'm a five-star recruit or go play for uh, for Ohio State or pick a Texas, whatever it might be, if I'm that caliber of a high school player and I hear these comments from Jim Harbaugh, why the hell would I want to go play for Michigan? When it's the same thing we said, or at least I said, and you might have been on vacation for this, when he uh, kind of snuck that dig in about Urban Meyer that he yeah, wins I wasn't everywhere. Here for that. But he always leaves, and there's a mess after the fact. Yes, it's a valid point. It's one that should always be re- you should be reminded of when you discuss Urban Meyer. Coach Harbaugh is not the guy to be making that comment. Agreed, because Urban Meyer's kicked That's his butt for you for and four I years. to say exactly. And in this in this same spot here, I, I almost I feel like too like maybe be better. You know, get yourself where you should go 
in terms of the college football playoff, in terms of the ranking, because it's not just Ohio State. It's mostly Ohio State, but I think the number is 1 in 10. He is against top 10 teams in Michigan. Like, get all that stuff in order. And then maybe we'll talk again about, you know, the the bigger kind of overriding issues in the game. I, I just, and I like him a lot, and I think he's going to be successful. I think this is the year where they figure out a couple of things, obviously, um, and are in play at the end of the year for one of those four spots. But I'm, I'm just a little fatigued by the constant comments, and maybe part of it because I just disagree with this one in particular, but it's just a lot of Coach Harbaugh. I kind of want him just to be a little more or a little less outspoken and just go coach football games. Well, I agree with you. And it also, number one, you brought up McCaffrey. Nobody looks at Christian McCaffrey differently. Or as a non-competitor? No. Nobody looks at it and say, well, I, I, I question the competitive spirit of Christian McCaffrey because he didn't play in some dopey, meaningless bowl game for Stanford. Right. I mean, that nobody remembers five or six years down the road. I mean, no, nobody's going to remember it. So that, that to me, it, it makes little to no sense. And, and I agree with you. If you're a hardball, how about this? How about win some meaningful football games? Go beat Ohio State. Yeah. Go beat some top 20, top 10 teams. Uh, you know, get yourself into the national semifinals here, Andrew, to where then you don't have to worry about guys playing or not playing in these bowl games. Yeah, just sit a couple of these things out. That's win it. Win a couple of games and we can have, have a new conversation. You on everything. No. You really don't. Next thing is going to be talking about trade with China. Maybe that. And the effect on the Dow. Maybe I want to hear that from him. The three comes your way next. It's Taz and Moose, CBS Sports Radio. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.